Welcome to this series from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. So, let's get started. I'm just going to pray real quick. Dear God, thank you for being here. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here. You're inside each one of us and you know right where we're at. We're not hiding anything from you. So God, I ask that you teach each and every person, including myself. Teach us, God. Teach us, Holy Spirit. God, I ask that I can speak these words with clarity, passion, and speak these words that you've given me. And thank you for Jesus, that he so loved us. Help us to never lose sight of that. And we love you, God. Thank you for being here with us. Amen. So, the title of this message is called Feed Your Faith. Feed your faith. Our verse that we're going to focus in on in depth is Matthew 5, verse 6. Matthew 5, verse 6. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I want you to take note of some of the verbiage here because I think we can read it and we can kind of miss a point and miss some common sense here. So usually when we eat, the only time that we get full is when we eat or when we drink. That's the only time that we're full. But what Jesus is saying here is contrary to the natural. It's contrary to what we experience in our everyday life. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. It's not blessed are those who eat and drink righteousness, but those who hunger and thirst after it. Does that make sense? So being filled is not about eating, it's about being hungry. It's contrary, it's opposite of what? We experience in the natural. So I want, I want to play a little scenario out. Um, I mean, this has happened to probably a lot of you, but a lot of times what will happen is, you know, I, I love to eat. So can I get an amen? Come on. So you're like, I'm hungry. I'm talking to my wife or talking to somebody, I'm hungry. What's a response that you might get is, what are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? There's a lot of options. You can have Chinese, you could have seafood, you could have Italian food, Taco Bell. You could have, you could have a variety of food or you could have pizza. If, you, if I say I'm hungry and you say pizza, I'm like, yeah, I'm hungry for that. <laughs> it's probably not good. But what are you hungry for? There's a lot of things that you can be hungry for. What are you hungry for? In this verse, Matthew 5, 6 is, is telling us what we should be hungry and thirsty for. We should be hungry and thirsty for righteousness. 
okay, what does that even mean? Like, can you imagine, just paint a picture. Can you imagine? So Jesus is speaking to a crowd on a mountain and he's talking to people. There's probably, they didn't say how many, but there's probably a lot of people. There's families, there's kids. They're, he's talking and he's saying, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. And you, you can tell, they didn't have microphones back then. So some people probably didn't hear it, right? You have a guy and his friend sitting there. They're probably like, wait, did he say hungry? Are we getting some food here? We're going to get some, and the guy's like, no, man, he said hunger and thirst for righteousness. What? For they will be filled. See, it's contrary to what we experience in the natural. It sounds nice. It's, it's nice verbiage. It sounds spiritual. But what does it mean to hunger and to thirst after righteousness? So you have like healthy foods and you have like unhealthy foods, right? So... What happens is when you eat, when you have a pattern of eating, healthy or unhealthy, you tend to crave those types of food. So if you eat very unhealthy or you eat junk food a lot, you crave junk food. Especially sugar. It's like I'm not scientifically proven apparently that if you sugar is addictive, so if you eat sugar, you're going to crave it. So. If you eat junk food, you're going to crave junk food. But if you eat healthy food, how I many of you know you still crave that junky food? You still crave it. But I'll tell you what happens. When you eat healthy food, you still crave the junky food. But when you eat the junky food, the next day you feel like crap. But when you eat the junky food every day, there's no difference. Yesterday's today is the same. It's all the same. I know this. So when I was in college, I played basketball at Grace Bible College. Any, any Tigers out there? Yeah. So I played basketball, and part of playing like a college sport is you're supposed to like eat right, exercise, and like work out and stuff. So what I would do is I had a pretty strict diet, and so I would eat very healthy. I didn't eat sweets. I didn't eat desserts. I didn't eat candy. I didn't eat any of that. I didn't drink pop for six days. But I had, those of you who are on eating plans, you have that one cheat day. And what well, the people who are hardcore, John, um, the people who are hardcore have a cheat meal. I wasn't that hardcore. I had a cheat day. So what happened was I would eat healthier. I, wouldn't, I would avoid the junk food for six days. One day, it was on a Sunday, I would eat. I would eat the brownies. I would eat the peanut butter cookies. I would eat the scotcheroos, peanut butter cups, ice cream. Whatever was in front of me, I was eating it. But I'll tell you one thing. On Monday, when I woke up, I regretted it. Because you know what it feels like when you eat healthy and they put that junk in there, your body's telling you no. But my mind, what's that song crap? <laughs> Somebody's singing for me. I can't, I can't, I'm messing up here. There you go, right there. I screwed it up. So your body is telling you no. Is that right? Your mind is telling me no, but your body's telling you yes. I'm sorry, that was terrible. I should have plan that in there. You see, your body rejects it the next day. You feel it. 
So there's a connection between what you eat and what you hunger for. There's a connection between what you eat on a daily basis and the effects of what, and the effects of what you eat. Like I said, if you eat junk every day, you don't feel like junk when you eat junk. But if you eat healthy and you eat that junk food, you feel it. This is all going to make sense in a little bit, I hope. So I want to read a verse to you. It's Psalm 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. I want to I say something. If you've never tasted something, you'll never crave it. I've never, I, my whole life I never ate sushi. Recently, I ate sushi. I still don't crave it. But if you never taste something, you never crave it. If you've never tasted the love of God, you'll never crave it. But that's why to be a Christian, to be a Christ follower is such an amazing thing because you get to be a messenger. You get to be a vessel of the love of God and you get to show people the love of God. You get to give people a taste of the love of God. It's actually what God's called us to do. Isn't that an amazing privilege? And it's for everyone that we can be that taste. We can give them that taste that, that makes them want more and want more. And they don't know what it is, but they want more. It's such a privilege that we get to have. So taste and see. If you've never, so you, you can never crave something that you've never tasted, but one taste can't sustain you. If you've only tasted something once, you won't crave it because you'll forget about it. It'll be a faint memory and you, you won't even remember what it tastes like. If you taste something one time. So then our hunger and our thirst are dependent on something. It's dependent on what we eat. Before I move on, I want to share a little bit about my story, how I got here. A lot of you don't even know who I am, how I got here. Um, and I'm hoping this will help bring the story full circle, this message full circle. So, I grew up here at Resurrection Life Church. My dad works here. There, I mean, there's probably, I haven't missed a lot of church. I go to church. I went to church. I grew up in church. I read the Bible. I prayed. My parents taught me. My parents believed in me growing up. Most could say I had a pretty good life. Most could say I had an easy life. So I went into middle school, and actually, in middle school, I went to Montana. And before, you know, you, like some of you might have experienced this when you're like five years old, and you like, your parents are telling you about God, your parents are telling you about Jesus, and you just accept it. It's like childlike faith. You just accept it. But then the next week, they're like telling you about Jesus, and you're like, oh no, I need to do it again. Yeah, I was that person who got saved like 20 times when I was like 10 years old. Some, most, come on, raise your hand if you got more than one time. Come on. Some of you, yeah. So I was that kid. 
I went to Montana, and that was the first time that I had a taste of God, a taste of the Holy Spirit, a taste of his goodness. It was in Montana, and we were diving in. We were praying for healing. We were seeing miracles. It was just intimate place with God. It was an amazing experience, but I'll tell you one thing. That was a taste of God, but guess what? I didn't keep pursuing it, and soon enough, that taste became a faint memory, and I forgot what it was even about. I tasted it, but it didn't sustain me. My hunger changed. My thirst changed. So I went to middle school, high school, heavily involved in sports, played two sports. I played basketball year-round. I played football, and... It was just took a lot of my time. I would even do it on the weekends, train for it. It was a lot of my life was playing sports. Still went to church, still read my Bible. Most would call me like a good person. Like he's a, he's, he's a good guy. Here's the deal though. Deep down inside of me, I knew there was something more. Deep down inside of me, I knew and I hungered and I thirsted for more, but, God, but I never gave it any exposure. I never, I never fueled it. And I kept living my life, ignoring that and living in the world. I never did anything terrible. Like I said, you call me like a good guy, but guess what? Being a good guy doesn't cut it. Doing the right things doesn't cut it. Being a good person and doing more good than bad doesn't cut it. Because you know what the Bible says? The Bible says if you've broken one law, you've broken them all. One. All. So I went to high school, so a lot of my time, sports, friends, fun. God was in there somewhere. He was a part of it. So then, graduate high school, go off to Bible college. And then it wasn't because I wanted to go to Bible college. It's because I wanted to play basketball. <laughs> so I knew all the right answers. I went to Bible college. I knew more than some of my peers, so I thought I was pretty well off. I could argue some theological points. I could write a good theological paper. I could put on this face and put on and raise my hands and worship. And people are like, whoa, he's a freshman and he raises his hands. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, we have this thing called like, it was called Grace Adventures. And we go to this camp, all the freshmen are there. And you know, you're a freshman in college, you're like pretty insecure. You're like, man, who are these people? No, you don't know anyone. So you're like, and they have this like worship going on. And I raise my hand. No one else was raising their hands, but I was. I was like, yeah, yeah. So I put on this like image that was the spiritual guy, knew some answers and I was a pastor's kid. So I had some stuff going for me, you could say. All the while, this was early my freshman year, all the while, pursuing a lot of relationships. That was like my reason, like basketball and like pursuing girls was like a huge part of my early college life. <sighs> <laughs> she can attest to that. 
it was a huge part of it. And yeah, I knew all the right answers, but guess what? My life was basketball, and I had a good friend of mine, and we would just pursue girls. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. That's what we did. But we were like good Christian guys, right? So I'm living in this all, this, all this whole time, we're living this way. I'm living, you could say, one foot in the world and one foot in Bible college. <laughs> one foot in the world, one foot in my Christianity. But deep down, I knew, I knew there was more. I knew there was something more. I knew there was, I knew I was called not to live that way. But guess what? I never fed anything else, so nothing ever changed. The only thing that I was feeding, the only thing that I was living in was the world, was the worldly things, was my selfish desires. And so if that's the only thing that you feed, that's the only thing that you're going to be truly hungry for. But I knew deep down, I knew in my head that I shouldn't be doing it, but nothing ever changed in the outward. So that was my freshman year and somewhere after my freshman year of college, same thing. Same thing. But I knew, I knew there was more. I knew, I knew, I knew that I wasn't supposed to be doing it. Isn't that crazy? So we can know so much, but live so little. I could live, I could know so much. I could be such a good person but yet be so lost. The Bible calls that, the Bible calls that something, it's called lukewarm. It's what I lived in, lukewarmness, neither hot nor cold. It's a dangerous place to live in and I'm so thankful that God saved me. He saved me, it wasn't me. If it was me, I'd choose death every time. If it was me, I'd choose the world every time. He saved me. You know, it, it was here at Access of all places that he saved me. Darren Tigelar, if you know Darren, he's an awesome guy. He was here and he was, I don't remember what he was speaking on, but something gripped me and I knew there was more. So afterwards I talked to him and I was just real with him. I said, you know, I said, I really want more of God, but I'm just really afraid. I'm afraid what's going to happen if I truly give him everything. I'm afraid if I, would I, I, I don't know what I was, you lose friends, lose your status, you lose whatever. If you get, and it's really irrational once you think about it, but in the moment it's real. It's a real thing that you're just afraid to give it all. What is that going to look like to give it all? But I knew that I wanted to, but I was afraid. So I said, Darren, I'm just afraid. I can't, I don't know what it's going to look like to give it all. I don't know if I'm ready to give it all. And he said, it's time to give it all. And I would love to say that from that moment on, I never sinned anymore. And I had like had my life together, but that just wasn't the case. But in that moment, although I didn't become perfect, I started on the right path. I started on the right road. I started moving 
forward. Guys, we're all moving somewhere. <laughs> we're either moving forward or moving back. And in that moment, I started moving forward. But Darren told me to do three things. He said, you need to start reading the word. You guys, I read the Bible like when I was growing up, but not that much. Going to church a lot, you, you learn the Bible verses, but I didn't know that much because I didn't read it. And if I did read it, it was because my parents were like, did you read your devotions for the night? <laughs> yeah. One verse in Proverbs or something. <laughs> yeah, I read. Or you're in a small group and the small group leader's like, so what have you been feeding on? <laughs> you're like, crap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, a month, no, not a month. Three days ago, it was really a month ago, I read in such and such because we don't want to put off an image that we don't read the Bible. I did that all the time. (laughs) All the time. It's funny to think about. He said, you got to start reading the Bible. You got to start living in community with people who are going down the same road as you. Small group. And you need to find a mentor. So I did. Started reading. I'll tell you what, my life changed. For the first time in my life, I remember reading Acts. I don't know if I should share where I was reading. I think I was on the I was in the bathroom and I was reading an Acts, and I remember <laughs> I remember reading and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like the words started to come alive. The words were real. The words were impacting me. The words were cutting into me. They were challenging me. For the first time, I actually learned something while I was reading the Bible. It was amazing. And then I started a small group. Some of the guys are even in here, the guys who I did the small group with, and it was an amazing time. We just pursued God. We had no idea what we were doing. We were dumb. We were stupid. We made mistakes, but guess what? We were going together in the right direction. We were in a small group reading the word, challenging each other, in community, building each other up, holding each other accountable. We're going. And I had my mentor. Darren, Darren was gracious enough to, to walk with me. We would meet once, probably every two weeks, and he would just talk to me and help me and answer questions that I have. It was, it was good. It was good, and it changed my life. Like I said, I would like to say I never made mistakes, but I made a lot of mistakes after that point. But God doesn't call us to be perfect. He calls us to be his. And if you're his, then you'll be going on the right road. And he'll start highlighting things that you need to fix. He's not going to just, you're just going to fix because you're pursuing him. So that's kind of my story. And what I want to focus on is the things that I was feeding on in my life growing up. So I want to go back to the verse. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, for a lot of people, this verse means, and I think this is an appropriate meaning, but you need to hunger for God. You need to desire God. You need to go after God. Pursue righteousness. Go after him. Long for him with everything that you have. Sounds good, doesn't it? But what does it actually mean to pursue righteousness? What does it after actually mean to, 
to hunger for righteousness or thirst for righteousness? I don't, well, I didn't when I was growing up, but that's the message I heard from this. So I wanna do is break this, this verse down. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. So in, in the medical world, you could say, if you're not, being, if you're not hungry, you're sick. So if you're sick, you're not gonna be hungry, right? So pe- people will take this verse and say, well, if, if you're not hungry for God, then you're sick. Something's wrong. If you're not hungry for righteousness or thirsty for righteousness, then something's wrong. I would agree with that, but I would say this. It's not that you're not hungry, but it's just that you're hungry for the wrong things. We're all, we're all hungry for something. We're all thirsting for something. We're all craving something. And I said it earlier when I was talking about the food, what you're craving is dependent on what you're eating. What you're craving is dependent on what you're eating. So if what I feed on determines what I'm hungry for, then what do I need to feed on in order to be hungry for righteousness? Does that make sense? So if I want to be hungry and thirsty for righteousness, what do I need to feed on in order to be hungry? Because guess what? You can't try to be hungry. Can anyone like try to be hungry? No, hunger just happens. Thirst just happens. So what we need to do is not try to be hungry for something, but simply feed on the right thing. Does that make sense? So we need to feed on righteousness, but what does that mean? To feed on righteousness? What? To feed on righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is simply this. It's right standing with God or being approved by God. So if you're righteous, you're approved by God. So how do we become righteous? So I have a scenario. So I have two guys. I have a righteous man and an unrighteous man. Righteous man is over here. Unrighteous man is over here. So if the unrighteous man does a righteous deed, does that make him righteous? If an unrighteous man performs a righteous deed, does that make him righteous? No. If a righteous man performs an unrighteous deed, does that make him unrighteous? No. Because our minds think that righteousness, right standing with God is determined on what we do or if we're doing righteous things, which the Bible has something to say about that. I lived, you guys, I lived that way for the longest time. Because we think that what we do affects the way that God sees us. We think that God's happier with us if we do good things. He's actually just happy with us. All the time. Romans 3, 20 through 23. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. No one 
will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So righteousness is determined by your faith in Jesus, not by anything else. If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe that he paid for your sins, if you said, God, Jesus, I give you my whole life, take control, he says you're righteous. I guess. So then your actions don't determine your righteousness, your faith determines your righteousness. And what happens is I want, you to, I want to paint a picture here. So you have like a can of paint. Like pretend I had a can of paint right here and I had a stick. This is righteousness. It's right standing with God. He sees you as he sees Jesus. So we have this stick. I wish I had had one, but you can use your imaginations. So I stick the stick. Come on, that was funnier than what, that was funny. It really wasn't. So as I stick the stick through the can of paint and I pull it through. White can of paint. What color it's going to be? White. It's righteousness. We live through Jesus. When we, walk, when, we, when we believe in Jesus, when we give him our life, when we say, God, take control, I realize that I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Save me. He says, okay. You see, we see ourselves as broken still. He sees us as white, as righteous. This is what we see. We say, God, give us our whole lives. Now I'm going to try to fix myself to make me righteous. So we take this can of paint and we take the stick, we stick our hand in the paint and we start going like this. Okay. I'm going to try to be righteous here. Righteous. Flicking the paint on the stick. That's what I did. It's not, what it, it's not what we're supposed to do. It's not the mentality that we're supposed to have because he says, I see you as righteous. So, you have right standing with God. When he sees you, he's happy to see you. So, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So we're thirsting and we're hungering for right standing with God. We long and we crave to be seen as approved by God. Catch this. So then what do we need to crave for that makes us right with God? Verse 22. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So what do we need to crave on? What do we need to feed on? What do we need to eat? We need to feed on Jesus. Does that make sense? We need to feed our faith. Because if we feed our faith, we'll start hungering and thirsting. And it'll start getting worse and worse. And we'll start to hunger and thirst more and more. So I have 
that's my, the title of the message, Feed Your Faith. Feed Your Faith. Matthew 4, 4. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but in every word that comes from the mouth of God. Feed your faith means feeding on the Bible. Feeding your faith is feeding on the Bible. And remember back to my story, back to me, I read the Bible, but guess what? It wasn't feeding me because guess what? I never allowed the Bible to read me. See, the Bible is alive, guys. It, it relates to us and it speaks to us. But if you're not open to that, it will just be words on a page that go in one year and out the other. Who's been in school and you read the textbook and you're like reading 10 pages and you're like, wait, what did I just read? <laughs> That'll, that's what will happen with the Bible if you don't sit down. And this is a tip that I, that I received from someone. He says, every time you read the Bible, close your eyes and lay your hands on the Bible or your phone and say, God, I know nothing. Holy Spirit, teach me. Help me to become what I read. That's, that's, a, that's a lot different than just reading your Bible. To become the Word. It's called feeding your faith. Feeding on the Bible. A good place to start is in Romans. It's all about righteousness. It's so amazing. If you read that thing, you'll be like, man, I'm righteous. You'll be like, hop around. You'll be like, how are you? What's your name, righteous? Because <laughs> it's all about righteousness. It's all about it. It says it's not by your actions, but it's by your faith in Jesus Christ that he sees you as righteous, that you are righteous. You're approved by God. You have right standing with God. You can approach the throne with, with confidence because you're righteous. He sees you and he sees that white stick, squeaky clean. He doesn't see you for the things that you do. He doesn't see you for the things that you've done. He sees you for what Jesus did. Feed on the word of God. Feed on your faith. Second thing you need to do, this is weird, but feed on Jesus. If you think that's weird, Jesus spoke very interestingly about this. I'll start with John 6, 35. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go thirsty and whoever believes in me will never be, I messed that up. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread of life. Feed on Jesus. John 6, 53 through 58, later on, Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. My flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Remember we said, can you imagine what it would be like if he said, hunger for righteousness? Can you imagine what it would be like if you were listening to him? He's like, eat my flesh, drink my blood. <laughs> so there's a deeper meaning here, but it does sound a little bit weird. He says, eat my flesh, drink my blood, and you will have eternal life. What does that mean? When, when do we, how often do we eat? Well, in America, it's different than most places in the world, but we eat like three times a day, two times a day, seven times a day. If you're John, Kona, 
He says, feed on me every day. Feed on me, which means your source of strength, of nutrition, of value needs to come from me. Eat me every day. Thank me every day. Listen to me every day. Think about me every day. Because what you think about, what you do, your daily actions, your daily routines, your passions in life, the things that you do, the things that you love, affect what you hunger for and you thirst for. So if you, if we, this is what I did, I, I pictured like a fire, like a campfire, and we have like all this, all this wood and it's burning and it's burning, and then we leave for six days, and then we come back one day a week, we put a little wood on there, we say, okay, burn. And then we leave for six days, and then we come back, and then we put a little wood on there. We need to feed the fire, guys. If you don't feed the fire, it'll, it'll burn, it'll fizzle out. It'll go, there's no more fire. Every day, fire, wood, get more wood in there. It needs to burn, but the only way to burn is if you put more wood in there. The only way for you to hunger for righteousness is if you get in the word. The only way for you to hunger and thirst the only way that I can hunger and thirst is if I read the word and I can't read the word out of teaching you. I cannot read the word just to teach because if I teach, if I read out of teaching, then it'll all be in vain because this is my reward to be seen by men. But if I read the word to know him, if I read the word because I need the hunger for more, if I read the word to know his heart, it'll start getting, that fire will start getting bigger and bigger, you'll start hungering more and more. And the next thing you know, you'll be like, why? Man, I, I need to read. Man, I haven't prayed. You know why? Because the things that you do determine what you crave. So when we read every day, we crave it every day. When we read once a week, we don't crave it. But when we read every single day, and then we don't read, or when we pray every single day, when we have a relationship with God every single day, and then we don't have a relationship with him one day, it's just like the healthy and unhealthy food. We're like, what's wrong? Oh, oh, what's wrong? And you'd be like, oh, I haven't read my Bible. I haven't prayed. I haven't sat down with God. And I'm not saying you have to spend an hour and a half every single day alone in your room. What I am saying is that your life, you can spend time with him wherever you're at. You can be on the job and if you have a job that you can listen to music, you can plug the word of God in your ear. If you have a job that you can't, you drive to work, don't you? If you don't drive to work, you ride your bike or you walk or take the bus to work and if you do that, you can listen to the word but a lot of times, and I know this because I lived it, I lived it for so long. I, I did it, guys. All the things that I'm explaining to you were the things that I did. Is I came to Thursday and I knew the answers, but then after that, it was like, whatever. I came to Sunday and I knew the answers, but Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday were like, oh yeah, I didn't read it all. And we can't do it because we'll have this false hunger. We'll have this hunger that's like, hungry on Thursday. Yeah, can you imagine if you didn't eat for a week?
What if you didn't eat for a whole week? You'd be pretty hungry. Yeah. We don't have enough food back there, so make sure you eat. <laughs> what I'm saying is, <laughs> it's a snowball effect. And I'm saying, we can do it, guys. We can do it. We can hunger and thirst for righteousness, but what we need to do is feed on our faith. We need to feed on the Bible. We need to feed on Jesus. We need to feed on our relationship with God because the more that we do, the more that we're in it, the more that we're hunger, hunger and thirst, the more that we'll crave it, the more that we'll want it, and the more that we'll become it. And it won't be about coming to church. It won't be about reading your Bible, but it'll, it'll just be about knowing him. It's everything, guys. And the reason why I know and the reason why I'm so passionate is because I lived that way for too long. I lived that way and I know it leads to death. It leads to nothing. It leads to emptiness. It leads to questions. It leads to stuff that you just don't want to be in. But I'm saying, I don't have it all together. I don't have all the answers. But what I do know is that I, I know where to find the answers. And I go and I search and I pray and I, and I get in the word. And I say, God, teach me. Teach me not so I can teach other people. Teach me so that I can know you. So three things that we can do. Start reading the Bible. I know it's like, it's like, duh. Like read the Bible, really? That's your best advice? It's my only advice. Read the Bible. And when you read, say, teach me, God. Teach me. I know nothing. I know nothing. Second thing, if you don't have a small group, if you don't have a community group, seek one out. And if you want to start your own, gather up some guys who are going in the same direction as you and go. It doesn't have to be formal. Just do life together. Just hang out with each other. Be good in, have good influences in your life. Third thing, if you can, get a mentor. Somebody who's wiser than you, somebody who can help you, somebody who can ask questions, somebody who can pray for you. And if we can do these three things, we'll start hungering and thirsting and we'll be like animals for the kingdom of God. I'm serious and I see it already in, in all, all the people that I know here. I see it already, but we, there's always more, guys. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. And the more and the more that we feed on those things, the worse and worse it'll get, but it's actually better. But the more hungry and hungry you'll get. I want to leave you with a verse, Matthew 6, 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. It's his righteousness that we have. Because if you don't know that you're righteous, if you don't know that you have his righteousness, then we'll be all whacked out. Just know that God loves you. He sees you as he sees Jesus. And he's okay with where you're at right now. He's not requiring you to have all your ducks in a row. I can remember being afraid. I can remember... Saying, God, but I, I was talking to Darren. Darren, I'm just afraid to give it all. I'm afraid. What's that even going to look like? It's a real thing, guys. It's real fear. It's real anxiety and, and, and 
and stress that we put on ourselves to give it all. But guess what? God has designed us to give it all. He's designed us to give it all. I read my Bible my whole life, but it wasn't until I sat down and actually read it, like read it, that it came, it came alive. And I know that it will come alive for you. I know that you will start hungering and thirsting. You'll start craving it more and more if you just try it. Because remember, if you've never tasted it, you'll never crave it. I just want to pray before I end. Bow your heads with me. God, I thank you that you're so good. I thank you that you've made us righteous through Jesus. I pray, God, over any fear and anxiety of giving it all. Thank you, God, for your love and that your perfect love casts out all fear. That's the perfect love. So show us, reveal to us your love so that we can pursue you with everything we have, so we can hunger and thirst, so that we can crave you and long for you more and more and more and more. And then just, we'll just be representatives of you wherever we go. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.